welcome to the ADHD Friendly Podcast. I'm Patty Blinderman. I'm a professional ADHD coach, and my passion is finding ways to create more ease in my life with ADHD-friendly tools and resources and to bring them here and share them with you in the hopes it does the same in your life. Today, I'm going to share a celebration to kick it off, and then I'm going to go into an ADHD-friendly tip that I'm calling sensory days. And I'm going to talk about what that's about. And then my main topic for today is re-entry plans and why you need one to support your brain. And then I'm going to do a medicine cabinet checkup where I'm going to revisit my medicine cabinet organization and update you on where it was this year and what I did to get it up to snuff. And then I'll let you know what's coming on the next episode before we wrap up today. So let's start as we do with a celebration. And my celebration is related to my medicine cabinet um, that I'm going to talk more about in a few minutes, but my celebration is that it is ready for cold and flu season. And it just feels really good going into the time where I know like flus or the flu and COVID and um, RSV with little kids is running rampant right now. And it feels really good to know I have... Um, pretty much everything on hand that I would need to be able to support myself or a family member if they get sick. Hopefully they won't, but I'm ready if they do. All right. ADHD friendly tip. So I learned from my daughter about something called sensory days that I wanted to share with you. So she went to the North Carolina state fair last weekend and she went on Sunday and she told me that Sunday morning, they had something called sensory days. And I was like, what does that mean? I thought maybe, you know, it was like a five senses activity or something. And she said, no, no, they actually don't have any loud music on for the rides, actually no music. And there weren't any flashing lights and the lights weren't, you know, like really bright and um, kind of fatiguing. And it's designed to support individuals who tend to get kind of sensory overload. Um, and this, you know, happens a lot with kids, but it, it can also happen for those of us who have sensitivities to loud noises and bright lights, or, or maybe like a lot of people, you know, crowds in a space um, can create some challenges. So that led me, you know, that got my brain all fired up and I was like, well, wait a minute, I'm sure this must happen in other places. This must be a term that's used. So let me search it. And I did. And what I found was that like, Places like Chuck E. Cheese have something they call sensory friendly playtime. Um, I always want to encourage, you know, check your local, if that's something that, that you take your family to, check your local one and make sure that that's something that they're participating in. And so what their schedule is, the one that I looked at, um, it was the first Sunday of the month and they dim the lights and they have a quieter um, dining environment as well as a quieter play environment. Um, so you know, that might be really handy. Chuck E. Cheese is, it's funny that that came up in my search because it's the, one of the places I refuse to take my kids to once I'd taken my kids to a birthday party. It was so overwhelming and exhausting that I literally get fatigued just thinking about it. So I can appreciate that they now have sensory friendly playtimes. And then I looked up, um, some places in Chicago where I am right now. And the Field Museum had something called Sensory Saturdays that apparently right now they're they're paused, but they do have on their app um, a sensory-friendly map that kind of lets you um, decide where you're gonna go when you're visiting and keeping that in mind, you know, what's kind of available that's designed to be a little bit more sensory-friendly. 
Another thing that I found was the Lincoln Park Zoo here in Chicago has something they call sensory bags that they give out to guests to use while they're visiting. And um, it includes some noise canceling headphones, a stress ball and yellow tinted sunglasses. And then the Navy Pier, very, very famous tourist location has sensory friendly map also on their app. And they also have tips for how to um, navigate the Navy Pier in a sensory friendly way. And so these were just a few of the things I looked up. There were examples in Seattle and California and all over. So if having a more sensory friendly visit or outing with you or a member of your family would create a little bit more ease in your life, I wanted to share that ADHD friendly tip because I know a lot of us with ADHD can have... Um, be really sensitive to um, different sensory experiences and keeping that in mind and intentionally planning visits or outings around that to be able to manage it with more ease is something that always brings a bit more ADHD friendly into my life. All right, so let's dive into my main topic for today, and that is re-entry plans. Now, re-entry plans are mostly associated with um, kind of coming back to something after being away. And you'll often see this come up like in, this, in the criminal justice system where somebody is re-entering into the community after being um, released from prison. Or it could even be in schools, often it's called a re-entry plan if, if a student, for example, is suspended and they need a plan to come back and attend again. Um, but it also became a more common term after we were transitioning from kind of the pandemic lockdowns to being back in person. So a lot of um, businesses as well as schools had reentry plans to support that transition. Um, what I know with ADHD brain wiring is we need often our own reentry plans for anytime we're away from our routine, our structure, our environment that that supports us. And this can be anything after like coming back from vacation, after a holiday break, a long weekend, um, a longer, like a maybe summer break, or even if you think about maybe if you're visiting family for the holidays, maybe a reentry plan for how do you go back and connect with family in a way that's going to support you. Families are often emotionally charged and can have a lot of trigger kind of uh, moments that if we create a plan beforehand, it can help us to enter and navigate with more ease. And then there's also maybe the need for it if you have um, a dual household for your kiddos, maybe at a, a separated or divorced um, or two-parent household where they're split time between two homes and navigating that with a re-entry plan. How do you transition from one home to the next and do that with as little disruption as possible. And reentry plans can be a really powerful tool to support all of those different areas and more. And I'm just going to share some, some helpful tips of what I hope will help you to recreate, to create your own, if it's something that could support you. So first, identify what you can do before your vacation, long weekend, um, whatever the break is from your normal routine to make it easier to reenter when you return. So my number one strategy for this is write a note to your future self. So if you'll remember, um, I shared back in episode 50, when I shared what worked for me, when I went on my, my week long cruise with my husband, I wrote a note to my future self and I do this 
pretty regularly, not every single week, but I do it for myself even for a regular weekend because leaving my office on a Friday and coming back on Monday, what I know about my own brain is on Friday, I can't imagine not remembering exactly where I was because it's so prominent and clear on Friday afternoon. But what I know also from experience is that on Monday morning, I am often frustrated because I don't easily reconnect to where I was and it creates a drag on my energy and it ramps up my frustration first thing. And that's not good for me. So what I do often is on Fridays, I will make a note to future Patty and I'll date it for the, the date I'm coming back. And so I just have a quick little example. This was last week's checklist. I put little time circles next to it. And I just had like the very first thing, check email and know any actions needed. And then I always do my daily and weekly planning. I've started doing it on Monday mornings lately, um, just kind of changing it up a little bit. I have been doing it on Sundays, but after my uh, cruise vacation, I really have just been embracing doing it on Monday mornings. And so far that's working for me. So that's the second thing on my list. I had to record a podcast on, my, on this past Monday and I, um, I planned time for my assistant. And so I just write it out. So when I come in on Monday morning, I already have it written down what I need to do. And so I'm not scrambling. I'm not trying to readjust and reconnect. It's, it's there. And it takes me not even five minutes to do it at the end of the day on a Friday. And I'm always, my future self is always really grateful that I took a couple of minutes to do that before I left the office on Friday. Um, and then other things that I do is I make a list of things that I can do before I leave. So this is really more about when I'm going on vacation. So my supporting my re-entry plan that I do before I even leave often includes like if I'm going on vacation um, or away for the weekend or anything like that, I will make my bed with fresh sheets. That is a magical thing that I've learned really works for me. I look forward to coming home. I It pulls me into going to sleep without delaying. Um, it's just a, a very sparkly thing for my brain to come home to clean sheets and a freshly made bed. After I make the bed, I put two empty laundry hampers on top of my bed. And that's to prompt me to empty my suitcase as soon as I come back with more ease. So they're there, they're they're almost like that, that little like flashing cursor on an empty word doc. It's just pulling me into going ahead and sorting the laundry as soon as I'm unpacking my, my luggage so that my luggage isn't going to, I'm not going to kind of live out of my luggage for a few days or weeks. And I'm just going to have an easier time getting everything sorted and um, put away so that I can transition from vacation into being back at home. And the other thing sometimes I'll do, depending on what's going on, is I'll make a plan for meals before I even leave. So I'll think about when I come back, will I have time to grocery shop? And then I'll make a plan, just even if it's blocking the time. Or I'll check and see, okay, maybe I want to order some meals um, so that I don't have to think about it. Meal planning is always something that takes energy and effort for me. So if I already have a plan before I even leave, it makes it so much nicer to come home to have that already done. And then the next thing that I love to do when I think about a re-entry plan is to make an action list. So maybe when I come back, I remember the first thing I want to do is unpack. And when I unpack, I'm sorting the dirty clothes and putting away the clean clothes. So I've got everything going. And then I put the luggage away. Love having everything cleaned up and put away and become my bed's made. It just kind of facilitates that whole process. It pulls me into it and it makes it easier for me to get started. And then I try to throw one load of wash in because it's in the basket. I'm carrying them off the bed anyway. So I just take one and I throw it into the washing machine to get it started. I don't expect myself to do all the laundry. I just try to get started. 
And then the the last tip I have for this is how to prioritize your habits so you're reconnecting to them. So the three I'm going to highlight here are the foundational three, which I call sleep, exercise, and diet. So maybe with sleep, you're going to reset your alarm. I know like for me, when I went on the cruise, I had to turn off the alarms because we were in different time zones and the alarm would have been going off at the wrong complete time. And I don't really need an alarm on vacation. So making sure it's set up again um, is on my list. And then maybe also like if you're coming back after a summer break with your family and you're all like odd different schedules and the kids are going to need to start going to bed earlier because they're going to have to get up for school and they haven't had to do that for a while. Maybe it's looking at bumping bedtime back a week or so before school starts. So you're just doing it gradually instead of trying to do it all at once the night before school. And then if I'm trying to reconnect to my exercise habit, maybe I'm setting up my gym clothes. <laughs> the lawn guys just showed up to mow the lawn. So we'll see if I'm going to be able to use this or not. Um, Hey, it's life. Um, so setting up my gym clothes the night before um, can be really helpful. And then when I think about getting back into healthier eating, because a lot of times on vacation, I'm eating a lot of things that I wouldn't ordinarily eat. It, it, then it's looking at you know, the prepared meals if I ordered ahead or if my kids are going back to school, something I always had on my list was picking out sparkly breakfast foods, something that would entice them to wake up because they're not things that we would always have on hand so that it's making the morning a little bit more sparkly for them and they're not kind of dragging their feet. So some re-entry prompts to consider for your own plan. These are just some questions maybe to have on a list for you to consider when you're creating your own. So one is once home, I plan to. If you have that on a sheet of paper, it's literally just, okay, when I get home, what do I need to do? And so mine are like, number one, unpack, sort the laundry, you know, just, just reminding me, these are the things I do. Another prompt could be, I will do these things to reconnect to my morning routine and then write them down. Like for me, like lay out my workout clothes the night before might be like the first thing that, or maybe the only thing on my list. A third prompt could be, to ease back into my work schedule, I will dot, dot, dot. And so for me, it's capturing where I am in a note to, to my future self. I might plan um, a five minute check-in with my calendar the day before. So whether it's Sunday or the day before I'm going back to work. So I'm not arriving first thing, my first day back at work with that kind of feeling of anxiety and stress of, I don't know what's coming up. I don't know what's, what's going to be happening. Just a you know, quick little reminder to, to check it five minutes or so the day before or the night before can just help me to wake up the next morning and feel a calmer um, sense instead of feeling rushed and, and a little bit pressured. And then number three might be read my future self note that I wrote because I know it's there. because That's my prompt before I leave on vacation. Another re-entry plan prompt could be before leaving for vacation or for the weekend, et cetera, I will and these are just some of my examples, block time on the calendar to catch up on emails and messages. That's one of my favorite things I do to support my future self. I'll block like two hours in the morning when I come back from a vacation, that first day I'm back in my office to make sure there's not going to be something scheduled that's going to throw me right into it. I know it takes my mind a little bit of time to reacclimate and having time to block and kind of get caught up really sets me up in a very ADHD friendly way. Maybe ordering meal delivery, 
um, making the beds with the clean sheets. Those are, you know, some of the things on my before the vacation list. What would you have on yours? And then the last prompt could be before visiting with family for the holidays, I will maybe um, a couple of things could be, maybe you're going to identify a plan for when you're sensory overloaded and it might be go for a walk or, you know, take a restroom break. Or maybe you're looking at what are the triggers that you know typically trip you up and identifying supportive strategies to manage it with more ease. If we think about them in advance, we can often navigate in the moment a lot more um, easily and not get triggered as much. So this prompted me to make my own re-entry plan prompts that I, you can see I've already done my um, my ARC notebook. Uh, I punched the hole so it's ready to go into my palm and support me. These A lot of these things are kind of on rope, but I realized I could use a little bit more structure than my loose kind of on different pieces of paper in different places. So I formalized it a bit more and added, added it to my palm. So I now I have it to support myself going forward, mainly for vacations. That was the list that I felt like I could really use a little bit more structure to make sure something doesn't fall off. So that's all I wanted to share on the concept of just, you know, considering having a, a re-entry plan to support you with a little bit more ease when you're away from your habits or your structure and routine for any length of time. All right, now it's time for a mad medicine cabinet checkup. So again, in episode four, way back at the very beginning of um, when I was doing my podcast, I detailed my approach to organizing my medicine cabinet, which was a mess. So I invite you to go check out that episode if you want to see uh, the before and afters and kind of the whole process that went into uh, reorganizing it so that it was more ADHD friendly for me. And it has now been a year since I did that. And there were so many moments throughout this past year that I was so grateful that I had the medication, that I had plenty of Band-Aids and Neosporin for various things. My husband um, had a, an injury, a woodworking injury and needed um, stitches. And I had all of these supplies, you know, just to manage until I can get him to the hospital for stitches. And then afterwards, I already had gauze. I already had like all of these things that um, I, st I stocked up on when I identified that I needed certain things when I did that whole organization a year ago. So it, there were many times over the past year that it it paid dividends. I remember feeling um, like I was a good mom when my kids were sick and I, I had medication and it wasn't expired because <laughs> what I learned when I did the organization was there were so many things that it, inspired, it had expired and I had no idea because I had no system for going in and looking at it. Um, so the last thing that I did when I organized it last year was I put a reminder on my calendar to check it and it's repeating each year. So each year I will see that prompt and what I did this year was I started with a before picture. I, anybody that works with me knows I'm a huge fan of before and after pictures. So I'm just going to hold this up. If you're listening to this, I invite you to check out my podcast on YouTube, um, ADHD Friendly Podcast. But this is my before. And if you, um, it really wasn't too bad. Things were still in their bins. They were spilling over a little bit and maybe encroaching a little bit on each other. Not horrible, but also not, you know, as neat and tidy as I'd like it to be. And after I organized, that's the after. So that's kind of where it is now. And it's just cleaner and everything in there now is up to date. So I identified, I had five medications that expired and that kind of surprised me because I just did it a year ago. Um, and so I, I put them on my list and I shopped for them and they're updated 
there was only one product I did not get. And that's because it was really expensive. It wasn't on sale and it just expired. Um, and so I'm, I'm just, it's on my list to buy when it goes on sale, but I'm kind of, you know, letting it go. The expectation that I replace every single thing. Cause I don't want to get into that kind of perfectionistic, everything has to be done before I can call it done. So it's on my list, but I'm not buying it now. So I kind of just redid my list and I, I bolded that one. So I'll remember to buy that when it's on sale. So I have a copy of this hanging again in my medicine cabinet. And then the extra step I did this year was, you guys know, I love a checklist. I made an updated process list so that I remember exactly what I did when I reorganized it this year. And I even made myself a future note that I'm thinking about getting some clear bins that use the space a little bit better. And I'm, I'm thinking would get me a little bit more um, space. So I'm not stacking things on top. Because what I noticed when I was reorganizing at this time was that a lot of the overflow and, and things were when I pull things up and then ended up putting it on top. So they ended up kind of stacking on top of each other. And I realized if it was a bin that really didn't allow for that, I think that would be better. But I, again, I decided not essential. don't need to do it right now. I just made a note next year just to check in and remember that that was something I thought I might want to do. And so if I want to next year, there's a prompt there. I can decide if I want to do it and I have a plan. And I even identified the, the products that I want to get for that. So I've captured everything. I even put down a note in here that it took me about an hour. I love timing things and noting how long they take because I often avoid doing things if I don't know how long they take. So including that little detail will make it even easier to pull me into it next year. Um, and I put a little note in my calendar reminder to say, check your personal owner's manual for that tool to remind me that the checklist exists and to go in and use it. And then I'll see the time estimate and it just creates that upward spiral of positivity. I'm so excited. So that's why I'm also, you know, calling out that celebration of having it updated again, just feels so good. I'm going into my second cold and flu season in a row, feeling really grounded and prepared. So as I wrap up this session, I talked about how using sensory days, maybe identifying what would make it easier for you to tolerate different sensory challenges or looking for sensory friendly places, you know, times and, and schedules in your community. If that's something that would support you or a member of your family to enjoy something with a little bit more ease. And then I talked about how a reentry plan can really help to reconnect to your systems and routines when you've been away from it for a day, a weekend, a vacation, whatever the length of time is. And then I just shared a little checkup on my medicine cabinet just to connect you to you know what I did to make mine work for me and update it a little bit to get it refreshed to make sure all the medications in there are up to date and just invite you to think about what would make it easy for you to do yours if that's something that you haven't looked at in a while. In next week's episode, I'm going to be talking about ADHD-friendly ways to budget for the holidays, and then I'm going to share some thoughts on what I'm calling tip fatigue. I don't know if that's a term yet. I'm going to research it a bit more, but it's something that came up for me that I noticed I was feeling, and I thought, I'm going to talk about some reasons why that is and what you might be able to do to support yourself to manage it if it comes up for you. That's all for now. Until next time, tally ho.